are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right, welcome back, everybody. Let's play it on a Tuesday, June 11th, and a Wednesday, June 12th. It is another edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry with you on a beautiful, sunny Tuesday. What's going on, everybody? Lions going through some OTAs this week and then uh, a much-deserved break until the team comes back for training camp in uh, late July. Uh, media will uh, have an availability tomorrow. Speaking of the media, our guest today will be Kyle Meinke from MLive.com. What an incredible piece that Kyle wrote Thursday night that uh, was posted on MLive over the weekend about the Lions Social Justice Initiative taking many of the players into the city of Detroit and into a really, really bad neighborhood to talk to some young kids, including Tease Tabor. And we'll get into that with Kyle in a little bit. If you haven't read the piece, check it out on MLive.com. Uh, we are... You're listening to us on the, hopefully, on the Himalaya app. It's a brand new podcasting app. It's free, super easy to use, and has every single podcast that you love or you're searching for. Check it out. Find it and download Himalaya on the App Store or Google Play Store. And don't forget to follow Locked On Lions once you're there. We're also brought to you in part today by our friends at BlueChew.com. Coming up again, Kyle Meinke on all things Tease Tabor, Lions Social Justice Initiative, uh, following some players around in the city on, on Thursday night, Kyle did a whale of a job, and also we'll get into Snacks Harrison. And that's where we're going to start today. Big news, big news, breaking news today in regards to Snacks Harrison. Now, this morning, Snacks put out a tweet that said, Big news today on his Twitter feed, at Snacks. And only to uh, follow up with that moments later, this afternoon, with, quote, welcomed two new additions to the Harrison family not too long ago, twin boys. And then at 108, a tweet saying, my boys with a couple of hearts and a picture of him and his now twin sons. So all of us were fooled. All of us were hoodwinked by Damon Snacks Harrison Sr., who teased many of us early in the day with big news, thinking, uh-oh, is he going to demand a trade? Does he have a contract extension? Of course, uh, uh, Snacks has sat out, mandatory minicamp. Uh, he was, he's nowhere to be found around the facility. He hasn't shown up for anything. He's got two years left on his deal at $15.7 million, $6.7 this year, $9 million next year, and he wants a new deal. But today it was all personal-related, as Snacks Harrison is welcomed in Twin sons. If you recall, um, when Bob Quinn was asked weeks ago about OTAs and snacks not being there, he said it was not even contract related. Well, turns out uh, Mrs. Snacks has had a couple of kids, and uh, Damon Snacks Harrison is now the proud papa of twin boys. So, no news on Snacks' contract, but there you go. The big news today is that he welcomed in twin boys, and that kind of threw all of us off. Uh, that is for sure uh, today. Uh, again, article yesterday about Tease Tabor. We've we've touched on it uh, yesterday on the podcast, and I want to do that with Kyle Meinke coming up in a second because uh, the conversation with Kyle is really, really good. And, and this is where the, the Lions beat writers set themselves apart from everybody else in town. It's the best group of reporters covering one team when you're talking about Mike Rothstein and Dave Burkett and, and Justin Rogers and Kyle and, and that whole crew. Um, that that covers the team. Nate Atkins, who's who's actually stepping back from the uh, from M Live, no longer going to be working there anymore. Um, you know, Twentyman, uh, O'Hara, everybody, Paula, they do all a great 
great job. All right, uh, before we get Kyle Mikey on here, let's tell you about BlueChew.com. Guys, we got to do this. we got to talk about sex, good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance in the bedroom, get that extra confidence by going to BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com, that's the place where you can get these chewables, that are the same FDA-approved stuff as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. All right, It's not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function in the bedroom. Blue Chew. It's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person's doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, looking around, awkwardness, all that stuff. They're made right here in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than getting anything that you need to get at a pharmacy. All right, right now, a special deal for our Locked On Lions listeners. If you go to bluechew.com, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, you'll get your first shipment free. When you use the special promo code LOCKEDON, just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. It's Blue Chew at bluechew.com. Right, we mentioned it yesterday. Great article by Kyle Meinke at MLive.com entitled, or it was titled, On the Toughest Streets of Detroit, the Real Tease Tabor opens up, talking about the guys that made their way down to Detroit on Thursday to talk to some youth. Kyle was there from MLive.com and joins me now. Great stuff, man. That was as good a read as uh, I can remember in a long time. <laughs> Uh, you're making me blush, man. Making me blush. You know, I, I appreciate it, um, and I, you know, I heard about what they were doing, and I, I was just really intrigued because, I mean, I live in Detroit, Matt. I love this city. You see a lot of cool stuff happening, um, you know, in, in Midtown and Downtown and Corktown, and my old neighborhood in Eastern Market. I mean, there's a lot of cool things going on, but there's a lot of corners of this city that are untouched by the, you know, the growth that you hear about and see. Um, you know, more toward the, the center parts of the city. And, um, I mean, I looked up where they were going, and the, the zip code there is 48205. Anyone familiar with – I mean, I'm familiar with Detroit. I, I didn't know exactly where that was. Uh, it's the murder zone of Detroit. I, I mean, it's the most deadly part of this city. It, it's it's completely untouched by the, the good stuff you hear about in the news happening in the city. And, you know, Tease and, and uh, Deshaun Hand and Devon Kennard and a couple other guys, they went into the heart of it to this community center that the Fords built – um, I mean, they, they put it intentionally in this spot because because it was the uh, hardest hit area in the city in terms of crime, unemployment, murder. I mean, that you name it. it. It was the front lines of the gang wars in Detroit up until like a year ago. And they put a $5 million community center in the middle of it. And I, I don't know, just the more I heard about what was going on, it just really intrigued me. And I'm glad I went out there because as you see in the story, uh, these guys, all of them are from inner cities from you know, across the country. Tease is from D.C. Uh, and to hear them relate with these kids on and not in a corny way not you know i hear you man like being able to say this is what i saw and what i did and where i'm from and what i made out of and i was you I mean, he's 23 years 23 years old he i mean he was those guys less than 10 years ago um it was a, it was a powerful thing Matt, and i'm glad i went out there well i, I want to get into the tease thing in a second because obviously he's he's a hot button topic around here and really has been so now for three years but okay, just just to just to let the listeners know, you know, how do you find out about something like this? Were the Lions cool with it? Were the players okay with you sitting there with your with your phone on and recording everything? How does that all work? 
Yeah, I, I don't want to give up how I got turned on to the story. Um, but the Lions were definitely cool with it. Uh, you know, they, they, I mean, players do stuff like this all the time. And I, I tried to make that clear in the story. And it's, it's picking up, actually, because of this uh, social justice initiative, which was born out of the protests from a couple of years ago, the, the social justice protests. Um, and Martha uh, Firestone Ford, uh, you know, ownership basically told players, we, we hear you, um, we support your causes, but we don't want you kneeling. And if you agree to stand for the national anthem, we'll give you money to, to really impact the city and to impact the social justice initiatives that are most important to you. And, and um, uh, this year, uh, Mrs. Ford, uh, Martha Firestone Ford donated $600,000 uh, to the players, basically, and they funneled the money into the organizations they wanted to. And this was one. It's called the Brotherhood. Um, it's it's through uh, Detroit uh, Police, uh, the Detroit Police Department. Basically, they fight the gang wars, um, and they do it in a pretty interesting way by putting basically police officers uh, in like Detroit public schools and hel- helping them interface with. Uh, with with students and particularly young men, the, the people who are typically recruited into the gangs. Um, so, like the scene that I went to and had on the other night on Thursday night is basically, and I pull up, there's like 20 cop cars out front, and to rem- I mean, just again, we're in the middle of the hood. We're in the middle. I mean, I've seen rough Detroit, Matt. Th- this is as rough as I've seen. Uh, not dramatizing it. It's it's bad, and you pull up to this facility with like 20 cop cars out front. And there's just cops everywhere, and they're just like having, you know, having uh, cokes and eating uh, some sloppy joes with these kids, and just talking. And then the players show up, and I did, I did say hi to each of the players, so they definitely knew I was there. I wasn't trying to sneak up on anyone. Um, but as I said, the story it was just important to them to share their stories. And I've talked to Tease Tabor a hundred times, and I've gotten about one percent of the good stuff that I got from this thing and that's because he just doesn't really care about talking to me and that's completely fine with me and i'm used to it (laughs) doing this job um but you put him in in front of some students i mean he went on and on and on about you know i was you i mean these streets are the streets that i'm from in dc you know he went on and talked about his school and i mean he'd be at football practice and he'd get in plays from the quarterback in the huddle and he would see the the dope boys as he called it like 50 feet away um, you know, doing their thing, and you'd hear the gunshots six at a time, and and things like that. I mean, it's just really powerful stuff. And you could, I mean, I'm sitting there looking at 14, 15, 16 year old kids, like nodding their heads to so many of the things that they that these guys were saying. Uh, there was a point where Tease was talking about having to cut people off, and uh, from back home, and talking about, you know, I, I had to cut somebody off because there's basically a, a you know, a, 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 I mean, a call out for his head, essentially, and. And uh, Tease is like, I have to cut you off because otherwise I might get shot too. And he said some line about, like, you know, the streets talk and everyone knows who's about to get killed. And I saw a 14-year-old kid, like, start nodding his head. And, like, that just hit me. Like, like this, these are the conversations that uh, that can help kids and that they these kids, like, like this often don't have because of problems at home or on the streets or whatever. And it was just a really uh, powerful evening for, for myself. MLive.com's uh, Lions beat writer Kyle Meinke with me here on Locked On. Uh, so, Tease, look, it's obvious he's been in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, high, highly drafted in the second round, a, a bust, if you want to say that, deactivated for a lot of the games last year. And then, Kyle, and, and you know, 
his 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 mini camp. You know, Tuesday it was he, he's the second coming of Lester Hayes and Hanford Dixon, and then by Wednesday he sucks again, and, and said after practice that he sucks. So, for what he said to the kids, where is this guy's kind of head uh, right now? So I think it's in a very good place. Uh, you know, the game remains to be seen. Um, he 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 has looked. Like, listen, like, I, I mean, I was there mini camp too. He didn't have a very good day on Thursday. He got beat deep a couple of times by Andy Jones, who's not a good, exactly a track guy. So, I mean, the, the, I mean, the speed concerns are still there. But most, I mean, I mean, the, he, he has looked much better. Like, that's, that's not in doubt. And, um, he's made so many more plays, even on his worst day I've seen of, of this year, which was Thursday at mini camp. He still picked off a pass and had a really nice PBU on, I believe it was Danny, Danny Amendola, if I remember right. Um, so he still made a couple of plays, even though obviously it was a really bad day of practice for him. Um, but you, you like the things that you've heard from him, even, even before all of this stuff, Matt. I talked to him, uh, I believe it was the round of OTAs before minicamp. Um, I mean, he had a great day of practice and I, I grabbed him alone, um, and was asking him about it. I was just so impressed because he, he refused to talk about it, you know? He's, and what he kept saying was, I haven't, I haven't made any plays in this league and I can't talk. And that was his response to, I mean, all the really good plays that I was asking him about. It's just not the tease taper you read about at Florida or heard about, and it's certainly not the taper that I've I've seen and heard over his first couple of years in, in Detroit. The evolution of tease um, mentally is is apparent. It's unmistakable, and you know his teammates tell me that on off the record. Coaches talk about it. Like the, like this guy has been humbled in the league. He's made a ton of mistakes. And if you read the story, he, he uh, lists a bunch of them, you know, with the drugs at, uh, at Florida, um, getting to Detroit, really like achieving his dream of making it from the streets of D.C. to the NFL, and then just falling in love with the fame and the money and the jewelry and the women. Uh, and he, like, he basically said, I fell in love with everything but football, and I fell out of love with football. Uh, and he's realized everything he's gone through. It's been humbled by it. Uh, and he said that he's back. He's back in love with the game. Uh, again, what that what that means for T's on the field in 2019, I I don't know. It's it's premature to say. Um, but his head's in the right place. His game is at least trending in the right direction. And I do think he's at least giving him a shot to be uh, to be relevant going forward. And, and I think too the the ability to tell these kids in that type of setting. A lot of personal things, you know, like you said, the marijuana stuff, uh, the falling out of love of the game stuff, you know, last year just, you know, uh, last one to show up, first one to leave. <laughs> that, that's not an easy thing to do to tell some strangers, right. some, some, some total strangers, so that he's probably growing up a little bit. And then you, right, and, and there's a reporter sitting right to his back shoulder, I mean, <laughs> right. I was there, so I, I, I think that that's accountability. That, I mean, accountability is a buzzword that I hate you hear all the time and most of the time it means nothing and even like coaches will talk about it and then as soon as you ask them about mistakes or whatever they don't talk they don't talk about it so there's literally no public accountability 99 percent of the time i feel like in the nfl um uh and here's this guy i mean he, he could take the easy way out and, and he literally just go keeps going on and on about all the mistakes he's made like two different times he there was a question. He was in a group with about maybe ten to fifteen kids, and then uh, uh, Chuck Washington, Charles Washington, who's a safety and a really good special teams player for Detroit. And there's a couple of times where the, the question was given to Chuck, and, and Tease was like, "Hey man, let me hit that. Hey, hey man, let me go." And like he just wanted to jump in because he, 
I mean, he just knew he had a story to tell that, that could maybe help one of the kids that are there that, that maybe are fighting through stuff. And I, I mean, you can, you can tell Matt from the questions that were being asked to tease and to, to chalk that, that their messages were at least being heard. And what that means, I don't know, but like, it, it's certainly better than nothing, but just stuff like, like, Washington was talking about uh, sleeping on the, the the floor of his apartment in South Central Los Angeles because there's like six or seven people in a two bedroom house um, and sleeping between his grandparents for a period of time. And like a kid at one point was like, "How do you find happiness uh, when you're sleeping in a room with five people?" Like that. I mean, that's like a kid who's hearing this message being put down. That's great. Uh, I, but yeah, I just thought it was a really powerful evening. Kyle and, might- and I want to say I want to say kudos to the Lions too because yeah. again, this is a player driven thing. Uh, the actual program itself that that they're funding, uh, and then I mean Martha Firestone Ford, she doesn't have to give six hundred thousand dollars of her money to this stuff, and she is, and I, I know she's rich and everything, but still, he's, she's the organization is going above and beyond to help a community that really needs it. I, I just uh, I think it's some really powerful stuff. I love it, uh, Kyle Mikey, with me from M Live. I'd be remiss uh, with having you on the phone here if I didn't ask you about the Snacks Harrison situation. You know, <laughs> I, I just. I think we're going to see Darius Slay come day one of training camp. I don't think we're going to see snacks. I don't know what's going on. I know he he, he uh, kind of pimped us a little bit today on Twitter by saying, "Hey, big announcement later," and then he announced that he was having he, his wife uh, had just given birth to a, uh, look like twin uh, baby boys. But what 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 do you think's going on here? And could he be using social media be, to be trying to get out of here? I, I, first of all, I'll start with I agree with you that, that no matter what happens, Slay is there day one. And I don't know if that means he'll have a deal in hand or not. Bob Quinn's never given a deal to a guy two years out, but he's never had the potentiality of a of a holdout, certainly not with someone who's a, you know, a big star like Slay. I mean, you know, Slay and Snacks, I mean, it's not just two players, it's two of your course of your defense, which is what you're trying to win with. So they, they know they have a little bit of leverage now, and they'll have none going forward. So I think that's why we're seeing the situation we're seeing. Um as far as snacks goes, he is a complete enigma. Um, I, I don't know what he'll do. I think my gut is telling me that if he doesn't have a deal, he's willing to hold out. And that's pure speculation. I'm not being told anything whatsoever about that. But that's just reading the situation and the, trying to read the guy. Um, but I've talked to some people who are close to him, and, and they, they use the word enigma. He's just a, he's just a, different, a different cat. He marches the beat of his own drum. And I don't think there's a lot of you know, they, there's, you can't really predict what the guy's going to do. Um, you know, I've heard about you know him. He comes into the building some days, and he's the most compliant, easygoing guy to get along with, who's completely co- accommodating with everyone. And there are days he walks in and he's completely standoffish. And I don't, I don't think it's because he's a bad guy. I just think he's a different dude. Um, and so when it comes to his contract, obviously he's going to, he's snacks is going to do snacks, and I, I don't know what that means. I don't think anyone does. Uh, but it will be very interesting to see what happens July 25 or whenever the first practice is because um, if he doesn't have a deal, I, I, do, I do suspect he's going to uh, be willing be willing to make some difficult decisions and, and perhaps not show up. And I mean, you know, you know, this this team is on the right path. I, I believe that. I don't know about you. I I like this off season. I'm not crazy about the Hawkinson thing, but it turns out I think he's looked really good and. I think there's some talent here, but they need those two guys, and and this is the last thing they need is this this type of distraction. And hey, to be honest, you got to give Bob Quinn credit; he traded for a really good player on a really f- team friendly deal, very team friendly. Yeah, and he got it just for a fifth round pick too. <laughs> right, it's pretty insane. Uh, but now you're hearing, I'm hearing stuff about 
the reason why the price tag was so low and why he was available in the first place was, yeah, maybe they didn't feel like building around him, but also I think there was some lurking contract issues. And I began hearing that really this off season and went down the owner's meetings, was able to track down a, uh, a source, a pretty good source that um, is connected with snacks and said, yeah, he wants a new deal. And I asked about you know, how receptive the Lions were. And the source is like, I mean, you're going to have to ask them. And, and it was said in a way it was like, you know, not that receptive. So I, I don't know. I, I, Bob Quinn's track record speaks for itself when it comes to contracts. He loves to hand out those things, but the, the extensions. But it's always the young players who are part of this team's nucleus. You know, the, the Darius Slays of the world from a couple of years ago or the Theo Riddicks or so forth. Uh, I think Stafford was probably the oldest guy he's given a, a big extension to. And obviously Stafford's a different, a, you know, a different situation. Um, I, I just I, I don't know I, I think about the Golden Tate situation from last year you know Tate, Tate wanted a deal and the Lions wanted to give him one to keep him in Detroit but Tate wanted more money than the Lions were, give, were willing to give a lot more and so they just said no and they eventually traded him and I, I don't know what happens with Snacks going forward the Lions still have leverage in the situation because it's, it's, you know, it's a two year deal that he's, that he's got left on this contract right now um, but I just I, I don't know I think about the Tate situation sometimes when I think about what might happen with Snacks because I just don't I don't think Snacks has the power in the situation and I don't think Bob Quinn is going to give it up so I think that establishes a pretty uh, you know, a, a pretty difficult footing for him going forward, giving a extension to a 30, I believe, I believe 31 year old defensive tackle with two years left on his deal and pretty highly paid years too. I would, uh, I would add. Kyle, great stuff, man. Always love uh, catching up with you. And the article was uh, fantastic. Folks should uh, go to mlive.com and check it out. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. But there is Kyle Meinke from mlive.com. Some great insight, uh, certainly on his trip Thursday night into the, uh, city of Detroit and some of the mean streets to uh, follow some of the players around as they continued with this so, uh, social justice initiative that really many of the players started. And you got to give Mrs. Ford a lot of credit. As Kyle said, $600,000 going to that initiative is very, very cool. All right, to Locked On Lions today, proudly brought to you by our friends at Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, so wrapping up for this uh, Tuesday and Wednesday edition of Locked On Lions against the, again the team going through uh, just some off-season uh, you know OTAs uh, the rest of this week, and I think they're done on Thursday, and then they will be done for a while. Some things to watch certainly as we get closer to a training camp is certainly the Darius Slay and Snacks Harrison situation, but I also think that when you when you look at at where the Lions are in terms of uh, the salary cap, will there be some July 1st cuts that are going to take place when the Lions be pouncing on any players. You know, I don't know. I, I, I would look at maybe a position of need and maybe talking about uh, right guard and maybe adding another offensive lineman. But I think right now, and I said this to Kyle, I like where this team is right now in terms of the roster. And I think they are in pretty good shape. The one place that I'm really, really, really concerned is backup quarterback. I don't know if the Lions are going to be looking to add there or not. But otherwise, uh, I'm kind of getting excited for training camp and, and getting this thing started. We'll be back again with you tomorrow right here on Locked on Lions. Thanks to Kyle Meinke from MLive.com for joining me. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.